Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Before I Knew More. My name is Jillian, and it is just me this week. If you haven't checked out last week's episode, I highly suggest you do. We had our first ever guest on the podcast, on the podcast, and his name was Adam. It's my friend Adam from college, and we had a really cool discussion, and I think it's really uh, fun to listen to. So if you haven't heard that, go check it out. But today, it's just me, and I'm going to be talking about something I haven't really directly talked about on here before, and something that I did recently sort of made me start thinking about this topic. And before I get into it specifically, I'm going to kind of tell you what made me want to explore this topic in the first place. So about a month ago, my apartment complex, so they send out an email of like different activities that they'll have going on throughout the month. It's kind of fun. Like they'll have food trucks come or they'll do like breakfast at the main office or like things like that. Um, But one of the things that was included in the activities email for the month of September was information about a 5K for an ovarian cancer charity. And I kind of saw that and I was like, oh, a 5K, that's kind of fun. I used to run. That would be kind of cool to do. And maybe it would be a good way for me to sort of get back into running because I did run track and cross country in high school and but since then I have not really run for any extended distance or amount of time aside from like on a treadmill or things like that which I hate so which has led me to uh, running less because I hate running on treadmills and like ellipticals and stuff I can't stand it Um, but so what I Convi- so, so I was talking with my boyfriend and saying that, oh, I kind of heard about this 5K and think it would be a fun way to maybe get back into running. And he was really supportive of it and said, yeah, that's a great idea. And I was like, I would probably have to run like two, maybe three times a week, but I don't really know if I want to. And he's like, why? And I was like, I, I don't know. I just don't. I'm nervous. <laughs> it's like, why are you nervous? I don't know. <laughs> and I didn't really know, but I, I did know. And the reason that I was kind of nervous to start running is that for some reason, like going out and running like outside, like by myself and stuff, it just gives me like kind of performance anxiety almost. I think maybe residually from like running competitively and stuff. Not that I was like a top varsity runner by any means, like don't get confused on that (laughs) aspect. But I think just like because I was running for time and for results, um, running more casually afterwards, I was for some reason nervous that like when I'm running like on the street, like people will look at me and be like, is she even running or is she like walking? And like, obviously like, that's stupid because when you do any physical activity, you should do it because you are looking to improve yourself or take care of your own health or because you enjoy it. And it shouldn't really matter what other people think, but it kind of did. And I was kind of nervous, but it was really great because my boyfriend was really helpful and supportive and he like made me go (laughs) the first weekend, which is kind of what I needed. Sometimes you do need just some external like guidance or a little push from someone else to get you to do something you've been putting off or have been nervous about. And so I did. I started running on the weekends and 
he says that I said I would run three times a week. I'm convinced that I only said two. So, so I started the first weekend. I just ran um, on Saturday and Sunday. And I don't really, I didn't know how far I ran. But I went for a run for like uh, 20 minutes. And when I got back, I was like, oh my gosh, how long was I gone? I was thinking it was like, I don't know, maybe like half an hour or whatever. He was like, oh, I think like maybe 18, 20 minutes. And I was like, what? <laughs> because it had been a long time since I'd run and I felt really tired and I was running like hills and stuff too. So I, yeah, I was tired because <laughs> I was not in like cardio shape, but it was kind of funny. The first time I ran, I was going, I haven't really been in the neighborhood that's behind my apartment complex. Um, and I was running and I like went on the street and I like turned and I like was running and then I went uphill, downhill, up another hill. And then I like turned a corner and then I went uphill, downhill, up another hill. And then the th third time around, I was kind of like, this looks really familiar. This neighborhood all has a lot of the really same things on all the different streets. It turns out I was going in a, like a literal circle <laughs> and I didn't realize it. And there's like this like loop, I guess. It's one of those like kind of like, it's like a dead end road. Like it just is like a, a road that like loops around itself. And I later found out that the loop was like half a mile. So it's like, oh, okay. And then I realized that now I, I, one night I had gone on a walk and I got lost. And now I realized why I got lost because I was literally walking in circles. But figured that out and realized it was a great uh, running path and kept doing that um, for the next couple of weeks. And each week I convinced myself that I would do, um, or each day I suppose, so the next Saturday I wanted to run one more lap around that, um, like, not cul-de-sac, but I guess just that little, like, street loop um, than I had the day before. And then that Sunday I ran another one more lap than I did the Saturday. And I kind of stuck to that. I ended up the most I ran was four laps, which equates to in total, I ran about two and a half miles. And then I started running the week leading up to the 5k. So this 5k was just yesterday. I'm recording on Sunday and it was on Saturday, the 21st of September. And the week leading up to it, I started running over lunch at work. Now, typically over my lunch hour, I will go down. Um, I'm super lucky. Our building, our office building has a nice, pretty nice gym located on the first floor. And so typically I'll go down there and like lift and do some like stretching just because like I'm sitting at a desk all day <laughs> and it is, I just get super stir crazy. So I need to like move. But so I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll go for a run. And I did. And it was kind of cool. Like it was, I don't know how long it was. I only ran for like 15 minutes because I didn't want to get like super sweaty <laughs> and gross before going to work and stuff. And so I ran that week during work uh, as well, and I was really kind of getting excited. I was starting to remember uh, what I liked about running, and I like just, like, being outside and just kind of moving my body, and when you run, you just kind of, like, your mind clears a bit, I guess. They kind of, I think they call it, like, the runner's high, and I don't really think of it that way, but it is just kind of nice because you have, like, kind of like in yoga, like one of the reasons I like yoga is because you kind of just have like one thing that you can focus on. And then except for in running, since you're kind of like, it, it is different than yoga, but it's more like automatic movements. So your mind can kind of just like go and do whatever. And it's kind of just like nice. It's very relaxing. Um, but so I was running 
And I, the day before, so on Friday, this is so embarrassing. I was running like through the neighborhoods near my office building. Um, and then I turned on to this one street and it was like a brick sidewalk and in my head I was like oh brick sidewalk that's pretty and before I knew it I'm like sprawled on the ground because there was a brick sticking up from the uh, sidewalk and I tripped on it and like smacked my ankle and smacked my hands onto the ground and I was trying to like protect my knees because I knew if I like smacked my knees on the uh, brick that it would suck and I might actually not be able to run the next day but I was trying to like got up I am one thing about me is that I'm very good at falling and like getting back up in the same stride and pretending like nothing happens. And the fact that nobody saw it happen um, kind of helped my ego a little bit from being as bruised as my uh, knees and ankle ended up being. <laughs> but yeah, so I did that. And then I was really excited, ready to go. Um, and I was looking at this website that allows you to like track the distance that you've run by like just kind of like highlighting the path or the streets that you ran so you can do it like after your run and see how far you ran and so this is when I found out how big the loop by my apartment was and it was since I found out the loop was half a mile and like running from my apartment door to the beginning of that loop was about a quarter mile I found out that I the previous weekend had run two and a half miles and I was like oh great I'm doing a 5k that's how far I have to run and so I was really excited. I was like, I've already done it. This is going to be so easy. Um, and granted, and remember, this is like the four laps was the farthest I had run like in like three years. <laughs> Ew, that sounds so terrible. But yeah, it was like the farthest I had run in like three years. So I was like, oh, great. Like, I've already done it. This is going to be easy. This is going to be fun. And I woke up the morning of Saturday morning and I was kind of nervous. I was like, oh, man, like. It's going to feel like competitive. It is a race there. I had picked up on Thursday. I had picked up like my race tag and I got like a cute t-shirt and it's cool since it's for ovarian cancer. Um, the proceeds from the race went towards the um, cancer research at the Duke Hospital um, near here, which is really cool. And I always love kind of supporting that because I mean, like pretty much, I think pretty much everyone knows someone that's dealt with cancer. And while I don't necessarily know anyone who has experienced ovarian cancer, since I am a female and since I'm a woman, I kind of felt like this was a good cause for me to be participating in and supporting because it's pretty crappy that like the thing that is able to provide life to the like entire planet can turn against you and take your own. And I got up the day of the race and I was like stretching and like I drank some coffee because I wanted to have some energy but I didn't eat because I like cannot eat before I run and so what I had been doing like leading up to this is like running in the morning and stuff before I did anything but cannot eat before I run so I drank some water made sure I was hydrated had some coffee just to give me some energy and my boyfriend was nice enough to come along so I dragged him out of bed and he drove me and he waited while I was at the race so get to the race <laughs> and it's really cute there's this whole like carnival setup and there's dunkin donuts but i forgot my little ticket they gave me in the car so i couldn't get a donut and i was kind of sad but also i mean before i was running i wasn't gonna eat anything and like after i finished like the last thing i wanted was to eat a donut because i was just like tired but so we line up and we have our um like 
race tags. I think they're called bibs. We have our race bibs that have like our number and our tracking thing to track our time officially all pinned up and everyone's like kind of like walking down um, to the start line to get started. And I kind of try to get to the front because I don't want to have to weave around too many people. And then a couple minutes to start, they're like, all right, anyone who's trying to win or like place um, to win one of the prizes that are up for grabs, like come towards the front. And then I take a step back because (laughs) I'm not in it to win it. I'm in it to finish. And some other people step up and all's fine and dandy. And then um, like 30 seconds later, the the starting air horn goes off and it's time to go. And it initially started on a downhill, which is nice because it kind of gives you some... uh, a way to propel yourself down and so I start going and I'm passing some people and I'm running and I'm like oh it's such a great day it's finally starting to not be like sickly hot here so it was like a gorgeous morning the sun was up but it wasn't like beating down on us and we get to like this woods so the path goes through these woods and I see a mile marker and I'm like all right One mile down, one and a half to go. I'm running two and a half miles today. And I get to the two mile marker later and I'm like, oof, I'm a little tired, but I'm okay. I've only got half a mile to go. But when I reach the two mile marker, I realize that I'm not really close at all to where we started and where the finish line will be. And then it hits me (laughs) like pretty immediately that I am an idiot and I for some reason got it in my head that a 5k is two and a half miles when like obviously it's 3.2 which is like three quarters of a mile longer than I had run in um three years and so I get to the two mile marker and I realize this this dawns on me and I just like laugh to myself and like oh my god (laughs) I am an idiot I and I think the confusion came up is because when I did cross country our races were two and a half miles and so just in my head I guess I had conflated it I hadn't really thought much about it right because like a 5k isn't that much to begin with like I used to run for like fun I'd run like for two hours just for fun and like I've done like 10ks before and stuff like that I've not done like half marathons or anything close to that and I'm fine not doing that for now although after this I kind of am maybe interested in working towards that who knows but yeah so I realized that oh wow I have like kind of a lot more to go than I anticipated and so I keep running and I just am like now people start passing me because this is a little out of my uh, uh, my training territory and what I've prepared myself for. And so I am running and people are passing me. A dad pushing a stroller passes me and now I'm like, okay, I need to work on this and <laughs> need to do some more practice for my next one. And I finally um, get towards, like, the final stretch. I can tell because I can hear, like, the people clanging the cowbells and being like, yeah, woo. And um, it's all uphill for, like, the last, like, uh, a little over quarter mile. So this is great. I'm, like, already running, like, way further than I had. And it's uphill to, to boot. And so I'm running. I actually did end up walking for, like, 30 seconds twice. And I, like rationalized it to myself by saying oh it's longer than you expected it's okay but honestly like up those hills it was just like physically difficult to like keep running because the whole 
uh, course was very hilly, which made me happy. I was practicing with hills. But anyway, so I finally, I get to the, uh, <laughs> to I can see the finish line and it's one final hill sprint away. And one habit that I kind of developed from cross country is that when you can see the finish line, you start sprinting and any energy you have left goes towards getting across the uh, finish line to cut down the last seconds or to get in front of the last couple people you can to improve your time and to improve your place, which improves your team points and stuff like that. So I run through and I make it through. I pass a lady on the way and I finish and I get over there and I start walking once I cross the finish line and I just, um, my boyfriend finds me and I'm like, I look at him and I'm like, a 5k is not two and a half miles. Why did you let me think that? He's like, honestly, I didn't know you thought that. Like, thought you kind of knew how long 5k was and it's like well clearly I didn't but (laughs) we kept walking and I was thinking about it afterwards and honestly I'm glad that I thought it was less because I don't know if I would have done it (laughs) had I thought or would have been as like inclined to do it had I known it was a little further um as stupid as that sounds because it's really not that far but (sighs) kind of what I realized was that we're more capable than we give ourselves credit for. And I was pretty scared like going into this just because like running is not my strong suit at all right now. And even when I was competitively running, like it wasn't my strong suit. But even though I had only run like at most two and a half miles in the past three years, I was able to power through and run this super hilly course and go further than that. And I really do think that, as I just said, like we we really don't give ourselves enough credit. and when we're nervous about things, I think we tend to underestimate ourselves and kind of talk ourselves down. But when we really put our minds to it, we are able to do a lot more than we realize. And this whole thing kind of got me thinking about, well, what is really kind of the root of why I was feeling that way and why I was underestimating myself and why I didn't want to start running again in the first place? And it really boiled down to fear. I was afraid, like I kind of said earlier, I was afraid of how I would be perceived by others running down the street. I was afraid, um, mostly, I think of disappointing myself and going out and realizing that maybe I couldn't do it or I couldn't do it as well as I wanted to. And I had this sort of fear, no matter how silly it was, I was. I was kind of afraid. I was mostly afraid of finding out that I wasn't as good as I thought I was at something or finding out that I couldn't do something. And that can lead to, in instances outside of like running a 5k, but like more in your daily life, it can lead to us sort of not taking action or being too hesitant or not doing some things that we really shouldn't be doing. And it really kind of made me want to think about fear and the role it kind of plays in my life and the things that I'm doing right now and ways to be aware of that and ways to then kind of combat that. And once you're aware of it, kind of use it to your advantage and be able to maybe address situations where fear is present to overcome it. And so during the week, after I suppose like yeah during the week after running this race I kind of was pondering this idea of fear and I did sit down with my little journal 
shocker. Um, and I decided to sort of sit and just think for five or 10 minutes about fear and kind of what makes me afraid. And so I'm gonna read from that right now because this was kind of just what I wrote down when I was thinking about this. And this will kind of frame the rest of the discussion that I'm hoping to have. So I titled this journal entry very creatively, Fear. And this is what I wrote. I feel afraid when, when I am uncertain, when there's a lot on the line, when I question what I have done and wonder how it impacts me now, what I should have done differently. I feel afraid when I have to pull, when I have to put myself out there, when failure is an option, when others may view me negatively, when I might find out that I am not good enough, smart enough, strong enough. Enough compared to what? And that last part kind of got me thinking. Like, obviously there's like traumatic fear and fear that is very bad and needs to be sorted out, but then there's also fear that we kind of let get in the way and more mild fear. And I'm not talking about today, I'm not talking about the type of fear that is like life endangering or anything like that, because clearly that's a whole nother conversation. But this is just more about like the daily fears that we go through. And that last part that I talked about, about not feeling enough in whatever, whatever capacity that may be, and the fear of sort of finding that out or realizing that or at least coming to that conclusion, whether it's warranted or not, is something really challenging and something that does instill a lot of fear now that I think about it because you're stuck with who you are. And if you do something that leads you to view or to not be happy with who you are, that's kind of scary. and. I can see why I would avoid situations that would maybe make me confront that, confront that I'm maybe not the best at something or not good at something. And that would prevent me from doing something because you don't want to have to come to terms with that, that maybe you aren't enough. But then you have to come back to that idea and really challenge that because, yes, it's okay to kind of have those thoughts and feel like you maybe aren't enough momentarily, but you shouldn't let that be the predominant feeling that you're going through or that you stick with and that becomes your normal. That's not a good normal. That's not a good baseline to start from. And we, so we actually had this meeting at work where we do like team meetings and we discussed um, different tactics for productivity. And this involved things like I don't know, just lots of different things. And like the different problems with multitasking, um, ways that you can strategize your time to use it wisely. But then one of my coworkers brought up this concept that a lot of times when we are stressed or in this context, you can think about it as afraid or nervous or insert whatever negative emotion that may be. A lot of times when we are feeling a negative motion in context of the workplace, this would have been stress. We tend to focus on the feeling of stress itself, 
like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. I'm never going to get this done. I'm just, I feel really stressed and I don't like it. And I just don't want to have to deal with feeling this way. And I wish it would stop. And we spend all this time worrying about the actual feeling of stress and being stressed by the stress that we don't necessarily address the thing, the stressor, the thing that is causing that negative emotion. Rather, we focus on the negative emotion, not the cause of it. Which, when you put it that way, like, obviously is not very productive. Like, if you're feeling a certain way, you should probably figure out why. Like, if you're having problems with your car, you're not gonna just, like, keep, well, I mean, maybe depending on, like, if you have time to fix it or the money to fix it or whatever, but, like, um, yeah, let's go with, like, a smaller example. Okay, not your car, because maybe you would try to get by it without fixing that, but, like, I don't know. If you, like, are walking and then you get a splinter, you're not going to just keep walking and say, ow, this hurts, ow, 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 with every single step and just be like, oh, this hurts, this sucks, I can't believe how much this hurts. You're going to sit down lift up your foot and pull that splinter out of your foot because why would you leave it there when you know that it's causing these negative impacts like that's just clearly ridiculous but then when it comes into the context of how we're feeling or how we're going through life and experiencing things like stress we just sit there with the stress and we don't think to pull that splinter out or figure out where the splinter even is to begin with and that same thing kind of happens with fear or stress is that we get so wound up in feeling that emotion that we don't think to look at what's causing it. And that's where you can really start to make progress is when you identify what's causing it. And that was kind of, (laughs) to bring it back to this 5k, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I realized that The reason I was so hesitant to start running again in the first place is because I didn't want to find out that I was bad at it. Which, like, okay, sure, that's fine. But why would it be so bad if I ended up being bad at it? I was listening to this uh, podcast of the sermon at my church from home, and they were talking about, oh, another running analogy, but the pastor was talking about he did, like, a week straight of running 13 miles a day through like the mountains or whatever and he had all these like what ifs um like oh what if I can't keep up what if I can't run the whole way what if I run out of water all these things like trying to kind of inadvertently convince him not to do this race and not to continue doing this thing and then he stopped or at least this is how he tells the story, but I think it um, I think it has merit whether this is exactly how it happened or not. But he thought about those what-ifs, and he answered them. And he's like, well, what if I can't run the whole way? Well, then you walk some. Then you keep going, and eventually you'll finish. What if I run out of water? Well, there's stations along the path that has water to refill so you'll be fine what if i lose the path well there's probably going to be someone that'll be able to help you and we have all these what ifs and the what ifs themselves are honestly probably the biggest causes of fear when we're trying to make decisions 
whether it's like a career choice or a choice of a significant other, a choice of going on vacation, um, or a choice of buying a stock, maybe, I don't know, just like the different choices. And we have all these what ifs that lead us to maybe not take an action that would otherwise be beneficial. But when we actually address the what ifs, rather than just sort of resign ourselves to them, we may find out that they're not really based in anything with a lot of merit. And then actually these what ifs are really us just trying to find a way to back out of it because we're scared. But when you really address those what ifs, it kind of addresses the fear and maybe minimizes that a little bit. It really does take effort though to kind of have that perspective shift of focusing on the stress versus the stressor. But just kind of being aware of that and maybe, cause like since I heard about that from my coworker in our meeting, I've kind of been thinking about that throughout the week and sort of like identifying situations like during the day where I'm either stressed or <laughs> frustrated or tired, I mean, nervous, tired, whatever it is. And I'm like, wait, okay, so actually, why am I feeling this way? And then when I do, I either realize that there's something pretty easy that I can do to address it and make it go away, or maybe there's not anything I can do right now, and it's just not worth my time to worry about. And so I try to to push that to the side. But again, even having something to set aside or address makes you have to sit with and feel the things that you're feeling fearful about or nervous about or stressed about and that can be pretty challenging as well. There's this sort of idea that's iterated in a lot of the yoga classes I take just as like a way to sort of instill mindfulness in us during the practice and oftentimes it's focused on getting you to sort of be more focused and in tune with your body but it definitely applies to your mind and life more in general and that kind of term is where attention goes energy flows. So if you're placing your energy towards negative things, or placing your attention towards negative things, your energy is going to be negative and you're probably going to be attracting or kind of like building negative things involuntarily. But if you are kind of putting your energy towards things that you want to accomplish or things that are more positive in your life, the energy will flow there. And you really do have to be intentional about where you're directing your thoughts. Sometimes we don't even want to be having those thoughts and we resist kind of having to sit with that because of fear, because we don't want to have to realize whatever it is we're going through or assign any merit to the things we may be fearing or give them that power over us. So we resist. And I've been reading this book which I recommend that everybody reads because it's really amazing. I have it right now. You can probably hear me opening it. Um, But Rachel Braden, who I've talked about quite a bit probably (laughs) because I just really love her. I've been following her for years, I think almost like seven or eight years now. Um, But she is Yoga Girl on Instagram. um, And she just released a book, which is a memoir of her life thus far, called To Love and Let Go. A memoir of love, loss, and gratitude. And at the end of the fifth chapter, there was this quote that I'm going to read to you guys. And I think it kind of ties into this and is a really good sort of thought seed to plant and think about. But Rachel says this, What we resist persists. 
whether it is pain, anxiety, fear, loss, whatever emotion you feel, don't fight it. Experience it. Feel it all. Lean into it. Surrender to it. Breathe into it fully. Open your arms wide and welcome it all. Let go. It will lead you to the light. I think when we do have negative feelings like fear or nervousness or anxiety, there is just this inherent instinct to sort of resist it and pretend it's not happening and try to avoid it, which leads to sort of the things that kind of touched on earlier. And to kind of continue on the yoga track, um, I have another, wow, yoga is so great. Everyone should try it. There's just lots of little thought bubbles, little thought nuggets that occur (laughs) when I go to yoga classes. But um, to tie it into this, I went into a arm balance class, which was focusing on different like handstands and arm balances and stuff like that, um, which is really hard. And they, the instructor was talking about how we, if you haven't been practicing or if you don't really know how to do these things, there can be a fear uh, to go into a certain position or to push yourself past a certain point. And she emphasized that fear is good. It protects us. It prevents us from injury, um, in this case, of like trying to do handstands and arm balances. Um, But it can be good because it allows us to sort of test our limits. It's a survival instinct, but it's up to us to challenge that instinct with our intuition and intelligence and sort of take it on a case-by-case basis. Because, like, obviously, if you're doing, like, a headstand and you're putting your neck in danger, you'll feel afraid, and you should probably listen to that. But you're afraid to apply for that job that you really want because you might not get it? Mm, Maybe that's kind of an ungrounded fear. Or you're afraid to start that program, the master's or PhD or... Um, Spanish class that you have been wanting to do because you're afraid that it'll be hard. That's probably not a good reason to not do it because when you really address those what-ifs, you might not get it. It might be hard. Well, what's the real outcome of that? You apply apply to a job. You don't get it. Eh. You're upset, disappointed, you move on, you apply to the next one, and you find something that's better for you. But really being aware of those fears and being able to identify if they're beneficial fears, if they're protective fears, telling you not to step into the fire or walk over the cliff, those are the ones you listen to. But if it's the fears that are telling you not to go out of your comfort zone, those ones you should maybe question. And being able to identify those fears and what's really preventing you from wanting to do something like starting that program, running that 5K, whatever it may be. Being able to separate those fears from real fears is something that takes practice, but something that ultimately is going to benefit you. I mean, right now, I am trying to talk myself into... Um, talking to my current boss about making a position switch within the company and I'm nervous because I am worried they'll say no 
and granted I'm looking for a new job anyway so it's not like I have like a ton of like things to lose because I already don't really care for the position I'm currently in and if there is an opportunity for me to maybe like the position I'm in a little bit better why wouldn't I take that like that fear of being turned down there's really no downside because I'm either in the same position I'm in currently which doesn't really change anything or I end up being in a better position than I currently am in and I can't do that unless I kind of ignore that fear and overcome it (laughs) and ask for it so I guess that's going to be the challenge to myself this week is to address that fear (laughs) of asking about switching to a new and better position Um, and hopefully I'll be able to report back in the next episode about that. But that's going to be my challenge to you this week is to, what is that thing that you've kind of been hesitant about? Try to identify it and try to figure out the reason behind that, the why. Why are you really hesitant or afraid or nervous or stressed about it? And figure out the why and answer your what ifs. And see if you kind of have maybe a different a different feeling about it after you go through that process. And maybe you'll take a different action than you were currently planning on doing. But yeah, that's what I have to say about fear. And honestly, it can be exciting. I think sometimes the most exciting things, like going on like one of those high walk things, like the, the zip line things, like that's scary, but that's what makes it exciting. And like... I think the fear and the sort of like pushing yourself out of your comfort zones is what really makes things fun. So don't avoid it too much. Sometimes you got to embrace it. And hopefully you can do that in some aspect of your life soon. So be aware of that and kind of be looking out for those opportunities. Thank you guys so much for listening. I do hope you enjoyed the um, last episode where we had Adam as a guest. That was super fun. And I actually think that we will have a new guest coming sometime soon. So stay tuned for that. And thank you for listening to this episode. I hope to see you guys next time. Also, I am really close to, and I hate to, uh, I don't hate to do this, I'm kind of enjoying this podcast thing, and I want other people to enjoy it as well, but I'm actually really close to the (laughs) um, views or listens number that was my goal when I was first starting this, and I didn't think I would ever really hit it, Um, but if you would want to help me in achieving that goal, you can tell someone about this podcast, and Maybe have them listen if you think someone would enjoy any of these episodes, whether it's this one or one of the previous ones. Just maybe tell them to go listen to it, and maybe we can hit that goal. And I'll let you guys know when I do hit that goal. And then, I don't know. I just think that would be exciting. But if you think someone else would enjoy listening to this, feel free to let them know. I'm kind of into doing this now. At first, I didn't really (laughs) want people to listen, but now I kind of like doing this, and I want to get some feedback on how it's going. So feel free to share it with someone. And don't forget to embrace your fears um, in a non-cheesy way. Maybe a cheesy way. Sometimes cheese can be good, especially Manchego. But anyway, thanks for listening. And I'm going to go now before I get more rambly and annoying. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time. Bye.